Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Joined for lunch with the coach with Coach Brian Irwin, uh, two-time state champion of the Lamarck Cougars. Also coached uh, multiple other uh, 5A and, and 4A schools across the state of Texas. I guess some of them are now 6A probably, Brian. Yeah. Um, Going to be 7A in, in some point in the future, I think, yeah, uh, if, if everybody keeps growing. Uh, Brian, uh, you and I, we, we all watched the uh, Texas uh, – uh, uh, UTSA game over the weekend. I want to get your thoughts on the Longhorns uh, today. Uh, first, I want to thank our uh, our advertiser and supporter of this, uh, Laura Baker. Uh, Lunch the, with the Coach is brought to you by accomplished Austin realtor, Laura Baker. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Contact, contact her at Laura, at Andy Allen team, if you're looking for any kind of real estate in the Austin area. Brian, let's start with the offense. Came out sluggish, uh, but the running game got going, uh, and uh, it felt like Roshan Johnson was the uh, straw that stirred the drink. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little disappointed with how we started out running the football. I mean, we, we weren't moving a lot of scrimmage. The inside zone stuff uh, wasn't very effective. Uh, just we weren't running, you know. We we're we we're getting a couple yards a clip. They're getting four or five yards a clip. We're we're going down right where we get hit. They're falling forward for two or three yards. Um, from that aspect, is a little bit of a, a letdown and negative, uh, but no doubt, Roshan Johnson. Um, he is a complete. He's a dog. I mean, the the guy got us going. He had the big run. He had the big catch. Follow up with the touchdown. You know the hurdle. Um, he, he is the, the straw that stirs the drink. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. He's like an alpha, right? Yeah. Like, alpha dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no doubt. I, I loved, I mean, I, I went back and watched the game on Sunday and I absolutely loved Brian, uh, the one handed catch, um, coming yeah. out of the backfield. Cause Hutch, I, I think that two things, not only did it spark the team, um, then he, then he fought because he then follows it up with a hurdle, but I think that helped Hudson card get calm mm -hmm. because that was a poor pass by Hudson yeah. card. Roshan just sticks one paw up there and grabs it. All of a sudden that, that has a multiplier effect, right? It helps Hudson yeah. out, but then it also gets, gets some juice to the team. Yeah. I got the juice and I felt like we, we started getting to a tempo right there when he made that one handed catch, then he hurdles, you know, and then we score and all of a sudden we got into a decent tempo. Whereas prior to that, we, our tempo was not very good. Yeah. What do you think, uh, you, you've been a proponent uh, going back to when we first started these back in August and talking about what the, the season looked like. You were a big proponent of uh, what you call 20 or 21 personnel, which is two running backs and either zero tight ends or one tight end. We saw a lot of that on Saturday night from Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. Um, exactly why do you think that is, is uh, an effective offensive style for the Longhorns? I think because it gets your – very best players on the field. It gets Roshan and Bijan on the field at the same time. Of course, uh, Jatavian at tight end, and then our two best receivers. It's There's no weakness in that package, none. I mean, you can run, you can throw, you can play action, you can screen, you can slip a back out of the backfield and, and get to a four vertical concept really, really easy. You can get Bijan out of the backfield, uh, let Roshan protect, because Roshan's probably a better pass protector than Bijan. Um, there's just so many things you can do. And then once you start motioning guys out of the backfield from that set, you end up basically in 11 personnel, but you look like you're in 21. So that package is going to continue to grow. 
We've been so effective at it. Um, I think Bijan's longest run against Alabama was out of 21 personnel. It's a split zone concept, and he busted it for about 16, 16 to 18 yards. Um, you know, what we're doing, throwing the football play action, uh, throwing the ball to Bijan, Roshan, uh, getting it to JT Sanders occasionally. And, uh, of course, you know, Xavier is one-on-one now because they've got to load the box to stop the run, and you're one-on-one with Xavier Worthy. Uh, talking with Brian Irwin, Coach Brian Irwin, uh, for lunch with the coach uh, here, uh, talking about the Longhorns game against UTSA. Interesting, Brian, that you mentioned about that two-back personnel, because not only did it work on Saturday night against UTSA, it's what Texas counterpunched Alabama with in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and led to the one scoring drive there at the end of the game uh, for Texas, or at least sparked it, uh, if not the entire drive. A question for you that that I felt, you know, part of that process has been JT Sanders and his improvement as a blocker. Mm-hmm. He had never really blocked before in high school. I mean, he was he was a defensive end. He was a wide receiver. Actually, yeah. he's just a big, tall wide receiver. They they put out to, and threw fades to a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of his his uh, improvement as a blocker? Because I saw him make some uh, on Saturday night that. You know, I was like, hey, he's coming along here. Yeah, Gunnar Helm's probably better at that right now. Mm-hmm. But J.T. Sanders is becoming more than serviceable at it. And that just adds to the the firepower, firepower right? Yeah, it does. And the thing I'm I'm watching out of him is his body language. You know, kind of see – he didn't get me touches last night, um, you know, in the passing game. And, and I'm watching to see kind of what kind of guy is he, what kind of teammate is he. But I'm seeing him celebrate – Bijan and Roshan and Xavier and anybody that does well, I've seen him really celebrate that. Uh, and most of his contribution to that is as a blocker. So, hey, it looks like he's bought all in on what he's supposed to do, his role. He knows he's going to get his touches. Uh, we know we've tried to get him out, you know, spread out on the single receiver side a handful of times in the red zone. Hadn't worked out yet, but uh, we got the P.I. against Alabama. Uh, Should have gotten the first P.I. But um, anyway, his time's coming with more pass receptions, but looks like a great team player to me. Good. Hey, you think he becomes more of a factor maybe if Quinn Ewers comes back just because of ability as a passer for Ewers? I think so. You know, having that ability to throw the ball down the middle, the seam routes, uh, the, the option routes uh, across the middle, inside or outside, uh, the mesh concepts, things like that. There's no doubt he's going to have a big year. Uh, speaking with Brian Irwin, lunch with the coach. Uh, Brian, uh, another question I had or thought, a lot of people made uh, a big deal about the Longhorns' ability uh, to get after the UTSA passer. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Texas pass rush against UTSA. But one of the things I would say is that Texas offensive line did a pretty good job in pass protection on for our four Hudson card on Saturday night, didn't you? I mean, there's maybe two or three times he's flushed from the pocket out of the 20 plus attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought we protected really well. Hudson played solid. Uh, I'd say the only thing is we just didn't connect on the deep balls, and we had a couple opportunities to to splash that thing down and give Xavier a chance to catch it, and and they were thrown and left a little bit too far inside, and uh, we we got improved there. We got to make those connections with Xavier. He's getting open, and uh, we got to take the top off of it. Uh, Regarding our pressure on them, uh, hats off to their quarterback. He, he's he's unbelievable. And uh, every time we get – we got a lot of pressure on him. And uh, but every time he escaped, he found somebody. 
And, and that left-handed throwing motion, I don't think it's the prettiest in the world, but he got it there, and he always seemed to have a receiver working in, in his direction to bail him out, and he put it on the money. I mean, that guy was impressive. I, I thought so, too. I was I was thinking to myself, uh, in, in, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and switch to defense now. I was thinking to myself, I was watching the game, I was like, you know, what does this guy look like if he has an NFL arm? Yeah. Um, because you're talking about being able to, to really do some true damage I'm not sitting here saying he's Lamar Jackson or anything mm -hmm. like that because he doesn't have that kind of burst or suddenness. But his escapability in the pocket is pretty, pretty darn good. And, aware, really good. and awareness in the pocket. Yeah. The, whole, the whole nine yards, I thought he was really good in that way. Yeah, because we almost got to him a couple more times and just barely didn't get there. He makes a throw on the money or he's escaping to his right, throws it uh, for left hand, escapes to his left. Seemed to always have a guy working in his direction. You know, we finally got some pressure there at the end. I think we brought the corner blitz off, and and, and we're just we're pressuring him pretty good. And he throws that screen back to the backside and throws it a little bit high, where Jade Barron ended up picking it and taking it to the house. That was just the only bad throw I remember him making all night. Yeah, um, maybe an underthrow. He had an underthrow when he had a guy deep, but that yeah. may be that may be because he just lacks the arm strength to get it there. Too. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about our uh, the, the Texas defense as a whole. Uh, biggest takeaways, both the positive and the negative for you for the defense? All right, let's start with the negative. Uh, to start the game, I thought we were standing around. Um, I was disappointed in that. Um, we, we were standing around. I mean, we had guys, you know, one or two guys making plays. The other guys were watching them as they were going to the ground. We just weren't chasing relentlessly. It wasn't a frenzy. There was not a frenzy. The week before, it was a frenzy. You and I talked, I think, offline. Um, not that we didn't expect this. There's going to be a letdown. You can't play with a, a frenzy, all out, you know, be out dog effort every single Saturday. It's just not going to happen. Emotionally and, and energy-wise, you just can't go there. But um, so disappointed there that, that we didn't have the frenzy, although we kind of expected it. Um, but the positive is, I mean, our guys really rallied. The big the stop before the half I thought was critical. We finally got off the field um, there before the half. Because, you know, it was only like a three-possession game, I think, at half. Uh, both teams, you know, they, they had that one 20-play drive that ate up the whole first quarter. So uh, getting off the field there, and then we started getting stops. We, we stopped the running game. We really started putting a lot more pressure on on their quarterback. And uh, I think we kind of warmed down there as the game went on. And, and like everybody's noted, you know, they go up 17-7. to seven, and then we outscore them 34 to three from there on out. Yeah. Um, what were your positives coming takeaways from the from the defense? Um, the fact that that we started rallying to the ball and, and really running to the ball, getting pressure on the on the quarterback. Um, we did stop the run there in the second half. Uh, the first half that the running back kept he kept looking like he was falling for two or three yards. You know, they were getting four to six yards a clip on us. And I'm like, this, you know, th this is not good. Um, but uh, we finally started slowing those guys down, getting some pressure on the quarterback. And, and uh, I like I like the pressure we applied in the second half a little bit more defensively. You, you know, we're, we came with some those same inside linebacker blitzes, some, some corner uh, pressures, things like that. I kind of seen that uh, trend maybe a little bit where we hold on to some stuff for the second half, which is a, a great move. I mean, we I used to do it as a coach. You don't you don't show too much too early because then they have an opportunity to prepare for it or, or adjust to it at halftime. So 
Uh, I thought, you know, we rushed four. We played, you know, six in the five, six, five and a half to six in the box the first half. Um, they posed a challenge because he was so good in the quick game that it, it spread us out so that we had to try to match their their receivers, especially with underneath guys. So then they spread you out and then they run the football. And then, you know, then they throw the quick game. And then all of a sudden they, they, they throw on a drop back pass every now and then. And you've seen so much quick game was the defensive lineman. You, you keep reacting to the quick game because now you're trying to stop your pass rush, get your hands up. That uh, They had a great game plan. They are very multiple between quick game, between the run, between the drop back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I, I felt that uh, that was the case too. It felt like you never really had a firm grasp no. on what they were trying to do each and every down, even though they're somewhat limited because they didn't have the big pass play. You felt mm. like whoever was calling that game for them uh, did a, did a really nice job of of uh, switching it up and, and and getting things going. Yeah, yeah, and certainly. Their and their receivers were competitive. I mean, they're big, strong guys, and you know the run after the catch that that was they were hurting us there. Not only not only the uh, the yards after contact in the running game, but the yards after the catch uh, was really hurting us in the first half. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't think we our energy matched their energy early, and uh, it doesn't matter. They're they're human. You know, we put our pants on the same way they do. We've got to have energy to be a great football team. We've got to have that that utmost energy because we know everybody's going to be getting up for the horns. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you and I, in the very first lunch with the coach this year, talked about Jalen Ford. Zero mm -hmm. tackles against ULM, right? Yeah. Ten against Alabama. You know how yeah. many he finished with on Saturday night? Uh-uh. Fifteen. Wow. Led the team with tackles by five. DeMarvian Overshone had 10, uh, including some assists. Uh, but Jalen Ford uh, with 15 tackles. Still, um, I think that, that that was more of an indicator. I don't know that, that Jalen had a unbelievable game as much as it was an indicator of just how much inside run uh, that uh, UTSA mm -hmm. was committed to. Uh, he mm -hmm. did have a couple of those tackles on special teams. Ford did, which I thought were particularly impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's talk about DeMarvian Overshone because – Here's my my take on that. I, I thought Overshone played played okay, but he he he, make, he makes a pass in the third quarter when the game's still in doubt, right? Or or in the fourth quarter, excuse me, when the game's still in doubt, Texas only up two scores mm -hmm. on second down and seven or eight. He deflects a pass in the flat. That was just yes. a great play. Really, he yeah. read it, he felt it, he, he made it. The very next play, delayed blitz. He was he came in, did a great job getting up. And then you think you're off the field and the rest throw a targeting call on him. Now mm -hmm. it wasn't the rest on the field. It came from the, it was a booth initiated call. Um, mm -hmm. I, I personally thought this is ridiculous. Um, and at the end of the end of the game, they ended up uh, saying it, it was against a defenseless player. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you make that phone or how you make that call at that point in the game. What were you thinking as you saw it? And really try to take us through maybe what a guy like Steve Sarkeesian's thinking when he's seeing this happen in front of him 
And frankly, it it was just one of those calls that was just ask. I mean, I think it's asinine. So yeah. how, how can you go through that? As I can't player? tell you what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> if you know, if you know what I mean, if I can't, I'm, I shouldn't verbalize what I was thinking at that time. Here's what I here's what I think now. There's the worst football call I've seen maybe ever in the game of football. Um, we're trying to teach these kids how to tackle properly and how to play, keep their head up, don't leave with the crown of their head, don't launch, things like that. And DeMarvin Overshone did it exactly the way we want him to do it, exactly the way the NCAA wants you to do it, the NFL wants you to do it. He led with his face. It was face-to-face contact. He mauled him. What we used to say, you know, we want to maul these guys. You almost come in with your chest and your face. It keeps your head from dropping down. Um, it's a it's a it's a great tackling technique. And here's the thing that caught my attention more than anything: How did he get to the quarterback? He dipped and ripped and slipped by the center. So he's working low to high as he's ripping as he's ripping past that center. Uh, with his left arm, and as he dips and rips, what your hips shoot, your hips extend. And when your hips shoot and your hips extend, what does your body do? It comes up. And then, boom, there's a quarterback right there, and he's face-to-face with him. There's nothing DeMarvion could have done. He made a great, great play. What's sickening is it, it wasn't called on the field. They reviewed it in the booth. I'm like, this is a no-brainer. I mean, I'm this – I'm like, we're off the field. You know, we're getting the ball back. We're up 11. We get the ball back. We're going to go up 18 ball game. And then all of a sudden, the booth or whoever comes back and says, this is targeting. I'm still not over it. I mean, it's we're supposed to reward kids for playing the right way. And we're supposed to punish guys that lead with the crown of the helmet. And this is a bad message. Yeah. I think I think that's that's kind of where I felt too. And you mentioned how it affect the game. Uh, UTSA then gets gets a fresh set of downs, takes it down to the twenty or so yard line of the Longhorns, and it's fourth and one. And they were they it looked like they were going to pop a little bubble screen there or a tunnel screen um, in on the inside and get an easy first down. The guy dropped it. Otherwise, that game would have been a one score game simply because of a poor call on the field uh, that, that was just ridiculous. Um, the, the thing that I would ask, and this is, goes back to something uh, that I want to tie it into that you discussed early with uh, Inside Texas on our website, one of your very first articles, uh, and you were talking about why you liked Steve Sarkeesian as a coach and you know his demeanor, not only in that, but in other aspects of this team, I want Matt, our producer, to show some of the pregame and postgame stuff, and I want to have you comment on Sark's demeanor throughout it, uh, Brian. Okay. This is pregame. Yeah, that's, you know, maybe even a little bit uncharacteristic for him, but he's he's so good of a coach. He knows what we, what were we concerned about coming in the game? Energy, right? Our, our energy level. But he might have sensed some of that. So he goes to a different place. And, and, and makes the guys a little bit uncomfortable and, and knows he needs to go to a different place as a head football coach at that particular time to try to just give us a little bit more juice. You know, yeah, maybe this, is, this is post game. This is post game with a little Texas fight action. You've been in there for that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he dances a whole lot better than Mike Brown does. 
That's a great line. Uh, uh, hey, thanks, Matt. Our producer, Matt Hutchison, helping us out there. Um, Brian, the one thing I want to say, though, at the same time, uh, I wanted to bring that back to his demeanor with the refs uh, at the point of that call. Because I don't, I, I think if I were the, the coach at that point, I would have lost it. Not unlike what Charlie Strong did, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, or what uh, against Oklahoma State, uh, which then devolved into an additional penalty later, right? Yeah. Or what Tom Herman did by running onto the field against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, or Matt, or what was his name? Matt, Matt Campbell did it against Baylor, I think. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, he seemed to. He didn't necessarily take it in stride, but he didn't like let the moment overwhelm him because he had mm-hmm. other things on his mind too. You know that that takes a little bit of a, some intestinal fortitude. I know some people say, "Oh, well, that's normal. That's what a coach does. That's the Tom Landry way, so to speak." Right? Yeah. Uh, but but you're a head coach. You've been there. You've had to argue with the officials. You've been the one responsible for it. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking as that is happening? Yet knowing that you have some other other. Uh, critical uh challenges ahead of you the rest of the game yeah i I, from day one like i've said i'm just i'm impressed with his ability to to manage the team manage the offense and and have poise under pressure uh no matter how nasty and ugly things get he's loyal he's loyal to his players uh he's loyal to the program he knows he's the the representative of our university and he's got a standard he's got to uphold. He's talked a lot this week about standards and standards now you know, our fans and, and our defense and our offense. And he knows he's, he's got a standard to uphold no matter how upset he gets or how much he disagrees with the officials. He's got to stay above the line. And Kylie did a great job of it again last night because it's not easy. I, 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 I probably would have lost it. Um, you know, it, it's just it was just the wrong message that we want to send to our players and and you can tell our defensive coaches are coaching it right. Our, you see concerted efforts over and over and over. Our guys are keeping their heads up. They're not launching. They're not leading with their head. And it's absolutely the wrong message. Um, you know, maybe those refs only saving grace from getting crawled up one side and down the other from coaches. Uh, it wasn't made on the field. That call was not made on the field and it was made from the booth. Uh, so if he could have climbed up in the booth at that point in time or gone back to a, whatever studio they make that call from, um, you know, he, he might have done that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with Coach Sark and the way he handles everything and his poise. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing you you mentioned, too, is he he has not thrown the, the players under the bus. Uh, at, even during the five and seven season, he never was one to to really push that there or or on his coaches. Uh, no. he, he took it uh, himself. Hey, uh Speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, former head football coach, two-time state championship coach of the Lamarck Cougars, uh, talking with Lunch with the Coach. Uh, Lunch with the Coach is brought to you by uh, accomplished Austin realtor, Laura Baker. Laura and the Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Uh, Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Brian, you've been uh, to uh, Texas Tech before, uh, the Longhorns head to Lubbock this coming week. Uh, in Against UTSA, Texas won a game with its second-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, Could could be playing with Hudson Card again next week, uh, going into, you know, hostile territory, so to speak. For the first time this year, Texas is, is going to be on the road. Uh, initial thoughts on not only winning with your backup quarterback and the, the kind of fortitude it takes for a team to do that, but also heading to Lubbock 
possibly with your back with your backup quarterback too. Very, very difficult place to play. Um, I've been out there numerous times over the last few years. All three of my kids went to Texas Tech. We've been going to the Texas Texas Tech game now for probably eight years in a row, at least. Um, we make it a family affair. Of course, it's me and my wife versus my three kids. But uh, um, I, all I can say is Jones Stadium is a booger to play in. Their, their fans are incredible. The, the environment is incredible. Um, they're going to be juiced up, jazzed up, and um, – it's going to be a tough, tough road game. Uh, we're going to have to be very prepared. We're going to have to have way more energy than what we had this week. Uh, we're going to expect their best. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get it done. What does it mean to win with your backup quarterback? I think it means a great deal. Um, other guys are stepping up. Roshan, Bijan, you know, Xavier, the def certain guys on the defense. Um you know, kickers, you know, snap holding kicks, punts. You know, our punters stepping up. I mean, we're punting the ball much better. We're, we're, we're field goal kicking, extra point kicking a lot. But it, it's every little inch, you know, you you, you got to – you just got to improve every single phase of the game. Every other individual steps up. You know, it's that next man up mentality to, to take up the slack for cards. So, um, he – you know, I'm, there's a lot of college football programs that would love to have Hudson Carr as their starting quarterback. Yeah, he, yeah, I, I completely agree because he's not necessarily – I mean, the, the thing I took away, one of the big things is he protected the ball last night or yeah. on Saturday night. He yeah. – no no, no turnovers um, and kept uh, KU from having that kind of problem or compounding any problem when you're down 17-7. And Keelan Robinson had almost fumbled a kickoff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then he leads them down there, makes a couple of nice throws, uh, and then, uh, of course, comes back and leads them to a score with Roshan Johnson kind of leading the way uh, there. But uh, long story short, I felt like Hudson Card is playing the role of the backup quarterback, which is yeah. what Texas needed in that game. He played it. Um, he wasn't spectacular, but he was – a workmanlike performance, not unlike what he did against Alabama uh, mm -hmm. to some extent as well, finishing 15 of 23 against Alabama. He was 16 of 24. Mm -hmm. so you kind of know what you get with Hudson Card, right? Yeah. And and just being that is what a, a coach wants sometimes. They want to know what they can expect from you exactly. uh, so they can dial it up that way. Um, speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, lunch with the coach every Monday here on On Texas Football. Uh, Brian uh, also uh, is a longtime InsideTexas.com member and subscriber, uh, a guy that I've known for 25-plus uh, years now, going back to our time together at the University of Texas. Uh, Brian, we appreciate your time uh, on this Monday, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to Lubbock for this game? I'm, I'm going to Lubbock. I'm going to be there. I'll be there Friday night, and and uh, we'll be there Saturday afternoon. So, Bobby, one more thing I wanted to say. I, I don't think it's a revelation, but this game against UTSA was huge. And it was, it was a crisis moment there for a little bit. We go down 10, right? And this was a game. This is how far we've come as a program. This was a game that last year we would have won or lost in the closing minutes. We would have won or lost that game in the closing minutes of the game. But our guys stepped up. They bowed their neck. They, they came together. They showed that toughness, the strength conditioning, the culture, everything. And go, we go on a thirty-four to three run against a guy that's pretty against a team that won twelve games a year ago. By the way, yeah, exactly. Not, not, uh, not that I'm not saying that they're as good this year as they were last year, 
Uh, but uh, 12 and two is 12 and two. It doesn't matter what league you're playing in. They beat Louisiana Lafayette similarly early last year, but this was a little different. Louisiana Lafayette never had a 10 point lead uh, mm -hmm. on the Longhorns at all, or else that game could have turned out differently as well. All right, yeah. Brian, thank you so much for your time uh, and uh, appreciate your efforts here. Uh, please join us also on InsideTexas.com. Uh, $1 for one month uh, on Inside Texas. Uh, join us if you're not already a, a subscriber. Uh, we, we would uh, enjoy your input and uh, contribution as well. Uh, for Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton, and this has been Lunch with the Coach.